Welcome everyone. We're here again with another episode of Above and Below. I'm your host, Navriti Sood. And this season we are focusing on her story. And we're talking to some amazing women and entrepreneurs who are doing some compelling work that are shifting our paradigms on how we experience life, work, and everything in between. So today we have founder of the Human Consciousness Consortium and SusanNicholas.org. We have the woman herself, Susan Nicholas. Welcome, Susan. Thank you. Thank you, Navriti. Pleasure to be here. So Susan, first I want to do a little bit of bragging about your about your <laughs> about your background. So you are a former physician and surgeon. You did cardiothoracic surgery and worked with Stanford University, the UCSF Medical Center, and then you were going through all of this, you know, MD, doctor life, and you had an awakening in 2012, which is where you began to transition your life to become a soul healer. That's correct. <laughs> oh, also, also, wait, you, you are also a published author of your book, The Duality of Being, and also of your children's book called Two Parts of Me, I Am More Than My Body. That's correct. That's correct. Do you, do you hula hoop? What else do you do? <laughs> Well, I tell you what, that journey was a journey of self-validation. Mm. And so everyone says, how did you go from here to there to here to there? And I went to business school and became a healthcare equity investment analyst and an entrepreneur. And it was this whole journey of what I call self-validation, of me looking outward to validate my worthiness mm -hmm. or feeling good enough. Mm. And I think that's a journey that many of us take. Um, maybe not the exact details, but we go on an outward journey of looking for self-validation rather than looking inward into ourselves for that validation. And so mine was a particularly circuitous course. And there was a pivotal point in that, which I'll highlight for you, because it really, I would say, was the shift that began my journey into consciousness or conscious awareness. And for me, that was when I was in my clinical fellowship in cardiothoracic surgery. I was at Stanford and I was thinking, I've made it. I did everything. I checked all the boxes. I'm doing what it is I'm meant to do on the planet. From the age of 10 years old, I always believed I was going to be a doctor. And then in all the years that ensued, it just further defined what type of doctor I would be and all that type of stuff. And I thought it, at the height of this, when I reached it, I would feel happy. I'd feel fulfilled inside. I'd feel like I found it, whatever it is that is our purpose. But instead, I found myself in a place of, I just had this emptiness, um, this place of, I, I felt like I fell off an emotional cliff where mm. I realized that all the work, and it was hard work, it was none of that was easy. All of the work of it left me feeling like empty, like I didn't fill the void. And this void was a crevasse void, like a very deep, empty void. And I didn't realize where that emptiness came from. I thought it was my career and that once I fulfilled those successes, those worldly successes, mm -hmm. that that void would fill, but it did not. <laughs> and during my uh, final year of clinical training, I attempted to take my own life. And that's when I first heard, I, I believe for the very first time, my inner voice, the, the true higher self of me and began my conscious journey Wow. I do not call myself fully awake at that time, but I heard my voice for the very first time. Mm. And do you remember what that voice was saying to you? Well, in the moment, it was saying, you're so stupid. Like, what are you doing? And, and it, what, you know, for the longest time, I thought 
myself was the voice in my head, the one that was full of grievances and always had something to say. I didn't realize that my true self was the listener of that voice, was the observer of mm. me and my life and all of humanity. Mm -hmm. And so the chatter of my mind was overwhelming. I, I believed it an urban legend. People said, oh, yeah, I have a quiet mind. I was like, oh, yeah, right. Because any moment of the day, I was just full of stuff. Mm. And a lot of that stuff were grievances from the past. And I didn't know how to be rid of it, how to quiet the mind, how to tame it, until I, well into my conscious awakening. Mm. And so I think at the moment of my lowest kind of point on earth, when I'm thinking I don't want to exist any longer, is when I first kind of heard the higher, the observer self mm -hmm. say, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. What do you think you're doing? Right. Wow. So... Tell me more about how you started the Human Consciousness Consortium and also your website, SusanNicholas.com. Sure. Now, that came a little bit later in my journey because even though I knew that I was not in my purpose when I was practicing surgery, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what my purpose was. And so my journey looked a little bit like this. I left clinical medicine. I moved from the Bay Area to Atlanta. I went to Emory University Business School. I studied um, equity finance. I graduated from there, became a healthcare entrepreneur, started a healthcare company, did that for like four and a half years. And then I was uh, recruited into an investment firm. And I said, oh, this I, it took all this, but yeah, I'm going to do healthcare investing. This will bring me fulfillment, all la da da da. And I was in that world. And I and again, I just felt like it, this isn't it. Mm. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm working too hard. I'm looking at life and I'm, and I'm thinking, and all the complexity that is us, that is this existence, we cannot just be on the planet to work and pay bills. Like yeah. I would just like beat myself up thinking, what is this? Why are we here? What am I doing? And why don't I feel fulfilled? Why do I just, no matter what I do, no matter what degree, how much money, what title, I don't feel full. I don't feel like I've arrived or I've, I'm living. Mm. I feel like I'm just working really, really hard, like pushing a boulder uphill all of the time. And that at, at that time, I, I would say that was the this is the 2012 time frame. I uh, left clinical medicine in 2007. So it's like a handful of years later that I'm like, really going to wake up. Mm. And this is my I now have a two year old son and I'm in this, you know, more business healthcare business career thinking that this is going to be fulfilling. And here I am again in that depth of sadness. You know, I was just woefully sad. I would cry a lot. I felt like I was like in a, an emotional mess because no matter what my credentials or my resume looked like on the inside, I was empty. Mm. And I w lay down to sleep at night and I wished to go home. Like I didn't, I, I had a fear in me that I wasn't going to make it this time. Like if I was going to go through another emotional cliff, I wasn't going to make it. And my son was two, and I thought about that. I thought, well, you know, I don't want to abandon my son, but I feel ready to go. And I lay down to sleep at night, and I felt I felt myself leave. Like I saw myself not like astral projecting. Yes, I I didn't have a language for it, but I was like out of myself, and I felt like I was in the cosmos. I didn't have arms and legs, and I became afraid. But I noticed in that moment, I felt incredibly free for the first time. Like I was free. Mm. And I loved 
being free, like free of like the burdens of life, like all the questioning and like the weight of this physical body. And I wanted to stay out. But I had this, once I realized that I could like see myself like from the cosmos, I didn't have any earthly kind of context to make me feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I call this the illusion of the third dimension. That was, that had dissipated. Mm -hmm. And I saw myself literally as, as energy. <laughs> like I, I didn't, I didn't have any language about it, but I'm like, wait a second. I'm conscious. I can think. I remember who I am, mm -hmm. but I don't have a body. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe I experienced my true self, my my conscious or higher self at that moment. Wow. So you went through, that's a pretty fantastic transformational experience. Yes, it I is. I would say. <laughs> and you actually talk a lot about, you know, bringing this topic to companies and to, you know, and, and, and advising individuals as well. You talk about transforming your feelings and also about the frequency of money. Yes. So yes. I'm very curious to know about those subjects. Okay. Um, more particularly the frequency of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, tell me about the frequency of money and why that subject. Well, thank you for this question because I think it is vitally important. Because in my conscious journey, I became aware of many things, like our relationships, our life, our sexuality, just a number of things. And I, in my first book, The Duality of Being, my longest chapter was on money. It took me the longest to write and really the longest to have awareness around. Uh, because I grew up in what I call the energy of lack. Mm. Like I had this energy Scarcity. about me where I didn't have enough. I never seemed to have enough. And I never knew how to change that around. And I would look around and say, well, how does so-and-so have enough? But I do not. Like, what's wrong with me? I, I knew I was smart enough. I was this enough, that enough. Like, in society, I should have everything that I that I wanted or needed. But I, at many times, I felt that I didn't. And I didn't, I, I did not understand it. And so I searched long and hard on this energy of money. The transforming the feelings part of it was kind of second nature for my conscious awakening because I learned how to look at the depth of my beliefs, even from the cradle when I don't have memory, like physical memory, and find those beliefs, like how they felt to transform them, you know, from the soul of us, the consciousness of us, it's pure energy. Mm. And it follows the same rules of energy of anything else that is energy that we commonly associate energy with, like electricity or solar energy or hydro energy, those type of kinetic energy, potential energy. We talk about it a lot, but we don't often apply it to ourselves in a very fundamental way. And so I began to understand that, that we are too, we too are energy and we follow the same universal laws of conservation. That whatever was within us, energy is not created nor destroyed. This is the very first law of thermodynamics, but it is transformed. Mm. And so I began to understand that in a very conscious way, and that it applied to me as a person. Mm -hmm. That it applies to us as 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 a society, as humanity, as the planet, as as the cosmos. That it is energy. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't think of money that way. I thought of money as like a pain in my ass. You know, I was like, what is this? And I would become very frustrated and angry when it came to money, not realizing it too is energy. And this energy, I am telling you, Nefriti, it has a consciousness of its own. And that's what I speak about. The most, I joined Toastmasters on my speaking uh, journey and the most frequently requested talk I would receive was on the frequency of money. I've written on the frequency of money. I have programs on the frequency of money. Um, I started my international speaking platform in India. I talked about this feelings part of it, but then I did a special talk on the frequency of money, particularly for women, that we are disenfranchised, we've been marginalized uh, from, for eternity when it comes to our worth. Mm 
And in the physical realm, that translates into our financial worth. And how do we heal our relationship with money? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I, I, I speak about on my speaking platform. So being someone, so, okay, we've acknowledged that, hey, money definitely has a frequency. Yes. And how can one communicate with the frequency of money or get or, you know, access it? Exactly. <laughs> well, we are always in communication with the frequency of money, but we are unconscious of it. And that is the problem. So we are constantly putting out requests for money. Uh, we need this. We want that. But there's a problem in our beliefs, in our language, and our feelings about money that has to be corrected. We have to be reconditioned. So we are always in communication, but we are sending mixed signals. So what we typically do is we want something really badly or we need something desperately. And in our heart, we feel fear. We feel frustration. We feel unworthiness. And that mixed signal, it, I, I, I have to go back to a very fundamental law of the universe. And that is that the, the language of the universe, what we are trying to attract from the universe or bring into our physical reality, that language is the frequency of our feelings. So we can talk all we want, especially this mind chatter, but just imagine all the fleeting thoughts and this and that. The universe, they didn't have time for that. It goes straight to the heart and it says, what do you really want? And if we are resonating from our heart center desperation, um, this, this, this dire need, scarcity and fear, those types of things, what shows up in our reality are situations that make us more desperate, that we become more fearful of, that we are more needy of. And so we have to really transform our, I, I believe our beliefs, it starts with our beliefs. Then it's much easier, our feelings will follow, and then it's our language. Because we we can say one thing and feel another, but and we cannot fool the universe. So this is not a fake it till you make it. I'll just say this and I'll say the right thing. I'll acknowledge that, yeah, I think there's an energy of money, that it, maybe it has a consciousness like me. But the idea is that you must believe it. Mm-hmm. And you must acknowledge this energy, just like you acknowledge your own higher self. Some people can't do that yet. Mm-hmm. You know, they think they're they're the image of what is reflected in the mirror. Uh, now that is only a shell. The true, I call it the tip of the iceberg. And if you ever look at those iceberg pictures, like what's underneath, yep. it's that's that's the soul of us. It's so much bigger. We are so much more expansive than what we see in our physical selves. I call this just a human, it's a shell. It is how we come into this earth milieu and we interact with it. We have to come in some sort of form and we come in human form which is quite magnificent, but it's limited. We're limited to our five senses and the body's very heavy and painful and has a lot of magnificent and complexity, but it's also kind of like, it's not always connected to the source of its creation. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very confused at times. So you help people to connect to the source. Yes. Which is the frequency of money. And what do you feel like they take away from these talks and this, you know, transformational exercise that you do with them? I think the first thing is awareness that this, everything in noble existence and unknowable existence is energy at its core. If we can just agree that everything is energy and that even though it may not be human consciousness, it has a consciousness of its own. That, that goes down to the very smallest building blocks of our DNA and 
the organelles and everything that has starts from something living. Like there's there's nothing in existence that comes from death or like nothingness. It comes mm-hmm. from something. And there's the energy of like this life that we have. And so it applies to everything, even our money. And if we can begin to make that translation that, wait a minute, everything is energy. And if I think of money like ener- like any other type of energy. And an exercise I like to do and I'd like to share with your listeners is anytime I think, oh, I don't have enough money or this, that money, I, I exchange that word for the word electricity or solar power or the sun's radiance, you know, whatever word you want to use for energy. And I, and I say, well, is it, does it sound reasonable or rational that I don't, I'm not worthy of the sun's energy or that I should be ashamed or I feel greedy for wanting the sun's rays or, or to feel the, the a wind or a breeze on a hot day? Do you feel that if I, if I feel the energy of the wind that I'm taking from someone else? That sounds absurd. Yet we use that in the context of our the energy of money. Mm. That, oh, I'm greedy if I want or whatever. And so I think it's uncovering, it's it's acknowledging the energy, that there is a, an, an entity that is the energy and a frequency of our money, and that we can, that it is conscious, and that we need to monitor how we speak about it. And we need to, I'm telling you, when you make a request to the energy of money, you need to take the words want and need out of your request. It needs to be in the present tense, like I am... Um, you know, paying $1,500 on January 18th uh, for XYZ, like knowing that you have it and that this energy of money is, there's no order of difficulty in honoring your request Mm. and it can be instantaneous. Now, one of the things that I'd like to add in our final minutes about this energy of money that I think is crucial is that we think of money as dollars and cents or even like a digital kind of display but the energy of money works in its own way. Just if we think of any law of gravity or any law of energy, it has its own properties. And this energy of money, it will show us, it will, in ways to fulfill our requests that are made in the present tense, that are honoring yourself and your own worth, that you, in your beliefs, you're aligned, everything's aligned, you're, you have joy in this request, you're not worried about it, but you have joy because you know it is possible for you you know your worth, when you uh, construct or make this type of um, uh, request to the energy of money, the idea is is to know that this, we are a part of a, uh, what I call a beneficent universe, a benevolent universe that wants to serve you. And you, and we need to honor that. We are part of something much greater and that it ha- it only wants to serve you and give you exactly what you mm-hmm. want. But we have to honor its presence, the nature of it, speak to it in, the, in a way that it can respond and fulfill our request. And we need to really alter our language mm. to not what I call manifest from a place of desperation or scarcity, but from a place of joy, of a place of expectation, of a place of love. So going off that energy of requesting and then giving, how do you think the energy of receiving plays a part in this? Of course, because to to receive, you have to be open to receiving. And so you're, when, when you look at the money that's in your bank account, if you don't think you are, it's too much, um, or, or you think, you know what, I just, uh, if I could just, you know, have 
you know, $100,000 a year, I'd be happy. And if that's where you are, that's fine. But that's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So you have to be open and, and know that the energy of money, it's not just dollars and cents in a digital display. It'll show up to you as opportunities, as ideas of ways to increase your customers, of, of connections. Mm. It's really an, an energy of making connections to fulfill your money request. So if I say that I've got this amount of money on this day to pay for that, and because I love it, and and I'm I'm gonna, then I'm going to let that go. I'm I'm not going to perseverate on it or question. Oh, is that possible for me? Or do I deserve it? Or geez, I've never had that much money before. And <laughs> oh, I can't afford it. If I start doing that, then I start almost um, the way that the energy of money would call it is I cancel or delay my request. Or it's like I make a cell phone call and I say, Hey, this is what I'm what's going on. And then there's static on the line and you can't hear it. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is I make my request in the present tense. I do it from a place of joy and love, of expectation. And then I open myself to receive whatever it is that the frequency of money will show me to fulfill that request. And it could be an idea. It could be a relationship. It could be surprise money in the bank mm-hmm. or or, 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 or uh, increase in your sales mm-hmm. of something um, that shows up like right. It's money. not just about the it's actual just, tangible, you know, here's yeah. the 100,000. Yeah, you and so you cannot be lazy when it comes mm. to the energy of money and say, oh, I'm too busy for that, or I don't know if I'm going to look at that opportunity. You look at everything that the energy of money is showing you mm-hmm. because you've made a request with your heart mm-hmm. that this is what you have and that you believe is possible for you and allow the money, the energy of money, to fulfill your request. All right. I have one last question for you. If you could finish the sentence. Uh, Consciousness is? Consciousness is awareness that you are infinitely more than your physical body. Infinitely more. And that energy of you is the root of your consciousness, of your root of awareness of all. Your connection Mm. and awareness of all that is. Thank you so much, Susan. You can check out and also book Susan for speaking engagements on her website, susannicholas.org. Thank you, Navridi. It's been a great pleasure.